hottest takes from the biggest server. Your trusted source for college football analysis. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. This is a Jim Podcast with your hosts, Jimbo and Randy. Welcome, welcome, long anticipated. The Jim Podcast, episode two. Episode two. The real episode two. Uh, we apologize for the delay. We had some technical difficulties, but that's okay. <laughs> we did. We, we had an actual hurricane, to be fair. So let's uh, yeah. give us some, some slack here. Randy, how are you doing, by the way, with the hurricane? Everything everything good at home now? Yeah, I mean, we're pretty far inland. It just rained for like three days straight. So lots of rain. It was pretty gross, but it's nice out now. So Let's hope, uh, you know, safe. Everyone's safe. Got a good recovery here. I know there's been a lot of damage done in Louisiana. Unfortunate to see, but uh, on a lighter note, on a more positive note, an uplifting note, shall we discuss week one of college football? Uh, yes, I am very ready. Um, I have a few games that I've kind of picked out that I see as interesting, and I have some interesting takes. I have <laughs> some lukewarm takes, I have some hot takes, and I have one scalding take that I know scalding. you're going to... Scalding. Yeah, I know. We, we I've heard you talk about this team in particular... Really? So I want to okay. see how right up it gets you, but it is a scalding take. It may not be scalding for some, but I know a certain somebody will love this take, but I know you're not going to. So. That's exciting. I, I hope it lives up to the hype. Um, I think the format for this uh, this week's episode and, and probably episodes going forward throughout the season, um, we, we each have selected sort of five games that we're really interested in. They don't have to be upsets necessarily, um, but just like the, the five biggest games that we're sort of looking forward to. Uh, this week, do have five. I picked out five in particular, but we might do more than five, just depending yes. on. I got some honorable mentions that we, we probably some... will end up. Yes, same, same, same. <laughs> it's just week one, man. Like there are so many good games this this week. You know, it's it's uh, we're we're blessed with week one, shall I say? It's a good problem. Oh have. yeah, this is actually probably one of the best week ones we've had in college football in a while, and especially after coming off the COVID season, it's very much welcomed because oh, absolutely. It's just nice to be to feel somewhat normal with football and everything. Yeah, and all these like premier out of conference matchups. I mean, that's something we just really didn't have last season. You know, most most teams are only playing in conference opponents for the most part. It felt like so. It's absolutely it's great to have this. Well, Randy, why don't you, why don't you kick it off? Give us your uh, first game that you're looking forward to. First game that I'm looking forward to. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with. Are you doing? Are we doing any Thursday night games, or are we just doing? I I, I chose not to. So we are recording on Thursday. It is September second. Yeah. Right now. Um, I I've got a few honorable mentions, shall we say, that I want to give a shout out to. That people will probably listen to this after they happen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm going to start with my first game. In that case, I'm going to go with one game I'm very interested in. Is going to be Wisconsin Penn State. Wow. And I will start this off with a good take that you will appreciate hey. <laughs> to, uh, to kind of make up for the one closer to the end that you're going to hate. Okay. Um, I think Wisconsin's going to beat the crap out of Penn State, the to crap? be honest. Really? Yeah, I, I think I think Penn State, okay, Penn State, they ended, ended last season, they started like 0-5, but then won their last six games or something like yeah, that. They got, they got hot so at the end there, yeah. They did get very hot at the end, but... I don't. I think they're a little overrated this year, and I think Wisconsin is going to come back very strong. Um, we kind of talked about this in episode one that Wisconsin actually 
Um, they started off very hot. They beat the crap out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. But once they had to deal with COVID, once their quarterback got COVID, everything mm-hmm. fell apart. Right. Um, I'm a big believer in their quarterback. I think for the first time in a long time, they have a really good quarterback. I hope I so. Am a, I'm a big believer in Graham Mertz. I really liked what I saw. I know the competition he played was like, what, Illinois? And they're not. It wasn't there. the best. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. It's Illinois. But still, he showed he showed some flashes. He showed, he showed some promises. Mm. And they have a lot of talent. They have a very high talent composite. Um, I think they're, what, the fourth most talented team in the Big Ten? Yeah. We're, we're, we're pretty surprisingly well, I guess. Third or fourth. Yeah. Very good. So I, I think they will I think they will play very well against Penn State. And I think if they can come out strong against Penn State, I mean they're gonna build up a lot of momentum for the rest of the season. That's true. And I mean they're gonna instantly just catapult into the top ten. Yeah, it's a big game. I mean I'm I'm kinda bummed that it's our first game of the season. In the sense that it is it does feel somewhat like a, a make or break type of game. You know, like if we win, yes, obviously, yeah, probably top ten, lots of hype. But if you lose, it's gonna be so hard to come back from that, you know. Just just morally, more than anything, it's it's just. Uh... Oh, absolutely. That and that's the thing. Like, there's so much motivation and hype plays a lot into these college kids' mindsets. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gonna be hard to get back up and keep practicing really hard when you just feel like after the first week, your season is just it's over. Bam. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can still win the Big Ten after that, but it's it's it takes a really good coaching staff to yeah. it's really an upper pull. Battle them together yeah well i'm going to that game looking forward to that my first game in two years <laughs> so uh, okay there you go I, I i one thing i will say i'm a doomer i don't think we're gonna win but if we do win oh come I, on now i think it'll be because of the crowd i think it's gonna be really hype in there like camp brian will be bumping just people mad like i was saying like last last time we were talking people miss these games so much and to, to have the home crowd there you know, probably mostly in full attendance, just just screaming, making noise. I think that's going to make a big difference, not only in this game, but in a lot of games this week. Um, I think the home field advantage will be a, a pretty big deal, uh, more than usual. Which, uh, perhaps this is a segue to my first hot take of the week. What's your first game? <laughs> this one I think people are sleeping on. I got number 10, North Carolina at Virginia Tech. This is Friday at 5 p.m., so Friday night game. Um... I think people are sleeping on this matchup a little bit, uh, partially because they're overhyping UNC and they're downplaying Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's won four of the last five. I was looking this up. Um, the They had a, a couple of really close games in the past. The last three or four games have been really close. The 2019 game, if you got, if you remember, went to six overtimes, six OT. Virginia Tech won that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I just, I don't know, like, I, I don't know necessarily if North Carolina... Um, loses this, like I could still see UNC coming ahead, but I think for you know our Friday night games, um, this looks like the most interesting one, and I, I think it's going to be a lot more competitive, a lot closer than people are are currently giving it credit for. Um, I just I I don't know. We said it I think last time, but I just don't buy the hype for North Carolina. I, I think they'll be good. I just don't think Sam Hole's a Heisman candidate. I, I don't. I don't think they're a playoff caliber team, and I think that even if they win against Virginia Tech, people are going to start to see this slowly but surely. You know, they're they're not going to maybe be dropping as many points as people are expecting. So, I okay. So my take on that game is I am I am a big believer in Sam Howell. I do I could see him being a Heisman contender. And here's the thing: I also believe that North Carolina is very overhyped. But if you look at some of their games, um, their defense is 
pretty bad. It, I know last year was a COVID season, but we're still able to get somewhat of an accurate picture mm-hmm. just on what we can expect from a North Carolina team. Sure. Um, you have to understand these games that they've won. They went they went eight and three in the regular season last year. Yeah. If you look at the games they've won, let me give you an example. Wake Forest they won fifty nine to fifty three. Virginia now. Tech. Virginia Tech was fifty six to forty five. Right. Um, Duke, they had to put up 56 points. Uh, they had to put up 62 against Miami. Um, their defense is not good. But the thing is, they are consistently putting up a lot of points with Sam Howell at quarterback. So I think he can get it done. Um, I don't think he's overhyped, but I think their team is overhyped. And I think if they lose, they're going to have... If you remember what Texas Tech was like with Patrick Mahomes, I think... North Carolina could be like that. Wow. Because I think a lot of people are very understating just how bad their defense was last year. That's interesting. That's something I didn't note. Yeah, I'm looking at these scores last year, man. They they were their defense really was not doing them any favors. So I mean that's that's one reason as well I'm actually looking forward to this. I do think it will be a pretty high scoring game. Honestly, calling it now, I got Virginia Tech upsetting them 37-35. I think it'll be a close one, a back and forth kind of game. Friday night in Virginia Tech. It'll be fun. I, I think I think this is gonna be a good game, so I'm looking forward to this one. Okay, so for my second game that I have kind of circled um, was Oregon and Fresno State. Wow. Yeah, so Fresno State is actually a very interesting program. They've been very good uh, the past few years. They have a very good offensive line. I know that, and they've been winning what eight, ten games a year. I know a few years ago when we played Fresno State, we got a lot of hate for them counting as a technical top twenty-five win. <laughs> um, they they ended the season like number twenty-five, and their only two losses were to us and another uh, Power Five, really good Power Five program. So I think Fresno State's very good, and I think Oregon's going to have a very good year. If you remember in our first episode, I had them very highly ranked in our preseason top ten. I do. So I think this will very good. I think this will be a very good litmus test to see how good Oregon really is, and to see if they come out prepared. And I am a big believer in Mario Cristobal too. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one just to see Oregon. Really, I guess I'm not too hyped up on Fresno, though. Looking here, they did actually beat UConn forty-five to nothing. That's that's pretty impressive for for week zero. Yeah, and they had that first. Well, they had that week zero game to kind of ramp up, and and I think that's going to do them some favors. But it'll really tell us a lot about Oregon. Yeah, I am excited because I I do have Oregon as probably the favorite in the Pac-12, and you know if if we're talking playoffs and stuff, it is kind of up in the air if there's even going to be a Pac-12 team in playoff contention. I think this will give us a good idea of kind of you know where where we're at. I I'd, I'd hope Oregon would win by quite a bit, win quite easily if they are in you know that playoff conversation. But uh, it's gonna be fun to see. Absolutely. So, what's your what's your next game? My next one. Um, gosh, I, you know, I'll save that one. I'll, I'll save that one for last. I'm, I'm going down a list here. <laughs> uh, this one, this one, you'll like. You mentioned Wisconsin. I think I got to mention Alabama. Number one, Alabama versus number fourteen, Miami. Neutral site game Saturday. Uh, I'll say this: Bama <clears throat> begins Act Two of their three-peat. Okay. I this this game is going to be oh, yeah. a statement win. Not just for not just for Alabama, but but a win that that sends ripples throughout all of college football, and says, "Listen, literally no one is stopping Alabama. Not this year, not next year, not any time in the near future." Um, I, I don't think Miami scores a single point until maybe the fourth quarter, when Bama has their second and third string in. I I, I I'm sure you're loving hearing this, Randy, but but truly, I think I do. 
I think Bama's in the in sort of the mindset right now, and, and Saban's kind of in this point of his career where it's like, it's three Peter bust. Like you look at Saban's accomplishments, like the one knock you can have on him, the one thing you can say that kind of like stops him from maybe being the goat is that he never had a three peat. But I think Bama is so primed for that right now, and I, I think they're gonna just establish this dominance right from the get go, and and basically let a let a warning to everyone saying, "Hey, we are we are still Bama. We're still number one. Fear us." Yeah, and the thing about Saban is he always loves to talk about how we don't listen to what y'all say in the media, but he absolutely uses that as motivation. And the whole offseason, we've heard a lot of people be, I don't want to say down on Alabama. I mean, it's still Bama and Nick Saban, they're going to say that. But ultimately, I'm hearing a lot of, they think we're going to take a step back on offense. And I think he's using that as motivation to really get our offensive our offensive players hyped up and to really get them working hard to be like, hey, you have something to prove. You need to show show that you're worth something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see it. I I don't want to hype up my own team too hard. <laughs> right, I don't right. want to get my, you know, I want to be a little level-headed about that, but I could, I would really like to see your uh, vision come true for that game. Of course. I mean, so I'll leave it at that. I will say this, Bama, it seems like every year Bama plays like a, a pretty big name program. Maybe not, maybe a good team, but a big program uh, for their opening game on like a neutral field. And it seems like they always just, they always win these things pretty effortlessly. We take care of business. We know how to take care of business. At the end of the day, um, even if we can't do everything we want to do, we know how to, we know how to win the game. Yeah. Um, ultimately, there, there's, there's some things you just have to do. You can't open up your whole playbook. We have a lot of talent, so we know how to just use that talent to out-talent the other teams yeah. based on our play calling and everything if we have to. Even if we even if we know that's not sustainable to win us the championship, well, we can win us the game with that type of play calling. And I think it'll be the kind of game where Saban is maybe a little bit more, um, you know, he, he'll play around a bit more with the rosters, you know, throwing in second-string guys, third-string guys, freshmen, etc., just to kind of give them a feel for, you know, a real live action game. Um, and but Derek, Derek King, he he's what a fifth, sixth year senior. He's just, very good. Uh, <sighs> it's very good. No, doesn't beat Bama, man. Good. <laughs> it takes that more is very. Good. That is true. They're gonna need Miami's. I mean, obviously, they're going to need some breaks to beat Alabama, and I just don't see them having some breaks. We're too experienced. Yeah. especially on defense, to really make those mistakes that they're going to need us to make. Yeah, and one last thing I'll say about this game. I, I've said before, but to beat Bama, you need to play perfect. You can't beat yourself. And I just don't think Miami is the kind of team that can play perfect. I think they'll make a lot of mistakes, turnovers, A lot of fumbles, Florida teams are like that. Florida know. teams can be like that, where they're just raw, but super athletic and talented. Yeah, so I just, I, I'm looking forward to it in the sense of I want to see just how much Bama wins by. I think that'll be fun in a weird, like, twisted way. But I'm sure you'll love it. So <laughs> I will love it. I'm going to watch every minute of it. All right. My next game is I have Northern Iowa and Iowa State. Um, wow. This is well, going to no way. No, no. I, no I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that Northern Iowa will win the game. <laughs> okay. But this is going to be very interesting. Now, I we've talked about we've talked previously about how Iowa State is getting a lot of hype, and I think number seven is way too high for them. Um, but if they want to prove that they're a number seven team in the country, they need to not almost lose to a team like Northern Iowa. They need to show up, take care of business, mm-hmm. do what they're supposed to do, and win the game comfortably and it never be in doubt. They have a tendency to play these games closely mm-hmm. and often lose them. 
So you need to. This doesn't need to be a game that you are kind of shaky on if they're truly as good as advertised. That's a good point. I, I will say, like that's that's one thing I find a lot in you know these early week one, two, three, four type games. You can kind of tell who's a contender and who's not actually off of these you know kind of throwaway games. If if they're truly a contender for their conference for the playoffs, they'll take care of business and they'll they'll win by you know forty two, forty nine points. Scoring at ease, you know, shutting them down on defense, etc. So I, I fully expect Iowa State to win, but I, that's that's a good point. You know, they, if if they really are what they're advertised as, they should win by at least what thirty five. What you say? Absolutely, absolutely, and it shows a level of mental toughness and preparation. Whenever you're willing to put in the work to beat the crap out of a team you're supposed to beat, it's very easy to to kind of not practice as hard, kind of take it easy mm-hmm. in preparation for these lower teams, and that's when you get bit. Yeah, but they they really need to show that they have that mental toughness to prepare the way championship caliber teams prepare. Yeah, I agree. I'll tell you what. I'll keep it in Iowa here for my next pick. Um, we've got number 17, Indiana, at number 18, Iowa, Saturday afternoon. Um, listen, I am of the philosophy that Indiana is overrated and Iowa is underrated. And I think the world is finally going to see this on Saturday afternoon. Now, now hear me out. I am in full agreement, full agreement here. You're with me. Okay, Indiana, listen, they benefited so much from COVID. I'm sorry. The, the good programs they beat, like Penn State and Michigan... They didn't have veteran quarterbacks, you know, who didn't ha- who had a normal fall camp and a normal spring camp, right? They barely survived Wisconsin, and Iowa is a better version of Wisconsin. So I just, I, I, I don't see it. They lost to Ole Miss in the Outback Bowl. They lost to Ole Miss. Like, come on. Yeah, like, that's yeah. pathetic. I'm sorry. No offense to the SEC, but, I mean, Ole Miss is a pretty sad program right now. I, I no, I, okay. First of all, I disagree with your Ole Miss take. I do think Ole Miss <laughs> is going to be better than advertised. I think Lane Kiffin is finding his stride as a Finally. coach again. But however, I do completely agree with your take that I think Indiana is very overrated. I think people are looking too much into them barely squeaking by with some of these wins. Yeah, they really didn't beat anybody notable. They beat a Penn State team that, at the end of the day, yeah, we talked. We just talked about how they ended the season hot, but they still were barely five hundred. Oh, they started terribly. They were in. Shambles. They started terribly. And again, absolutely. I will attribute that to and Colby, Iowa. Like you know, I'm very high in Iowa too. Yeah, um, I think Iowa's a great program. They return a lot of talent. They, I, I could see them doing something special this year, but we will wait and see on them. I mean, Iowa last season was great. They won their last six games. The, the two games they lost were by a total of five combined points. They were great in 2019. They finished 10 and three, ranked number 15. And you know, it's kind of funny how an eight win Iowa State generates so many headlines, and yet a 10 win Iowa in 2019 goes mostly unnoticed. Rather curious, exactly, exactly, and that, and that boils down to people wanting to see the the little engine that could. They want to see these lower programs. They really want to see it, and I don't blame them. I mean, I, I would too. I get that. Very but the interesting. Thing is, Iowa you is have to the be little realistic. engine. Iowa is the little engine. Exactly, Iowa is the attention. little engine that could. Yeah. The little hot guy that could. So I, I think Iowa wins. I think it'll be a close game just because Iowa plays teams close with their you know very defensive style, run first you know style of play, but. I think Iowa just out-physicals them and uh, wins fairly comfortably. Uh, the next, I have, okay, I don't know how much I want to say on, I have a few games. There's like three games I could not 
choose which one to really touch on. <laughs> so I'm going to go with one that might get overlooked. I'm going to go with USC and San Jose State. Wow. So yeah. San Jose State is actually, they're a pretty above average group of five program. Um, they've had some very good seasons the past couple of years. They just beat Southern Utah 45-14. to Granted, that's an FCS team, whatever. <laughs> but if you remember, they had an undefeated regular season last year with uh, Nick Starkle, who I believe originally went to Texas A&M. Um, they, I mean, they had an undefeated regular season last year. They're a pretty good group of five program. However, this is going to be a very good test to see how good Clay Helton and USC is. I think Clay Helton's a very underrated coach. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be very interested to see how USC can stack up against a team, a very good group of five program like San Jose State. And I think that'll tell us a lot about how their season is going to go. That's a good point. This this kind of has parallels to the you know Fresno State at Oregon game. We're like, yeah, it, we kind of expect the Pac-12 team to win, but... It could get interesting, and, you know, at the end of the day, it is a good idea of kind of getting to know where these programs are. You know, how does the Pac-12 recover from last season? I mean, COVID really just, I'd say it annihilated the Pac-12 more than any other conference. I mean, Absolutely. They, they didn't start their games till like November, I want to say, like mid-November. Yeah, it was, it was late October. And I'm also very high on the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 as a conference has been getting better the last two, maybe three years. Um, I think they've been getting a lot better, so I'll be very interested to see how the top of the Pac-12 does. So that's why I'm definitely going to keep an eye out on that game. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the top of the Pac-12, I would say, are Oregon and USC. So those those definitely yep, are the two absolutely. teams to look out for. All right, I will uh, move it on over to the ACC for my next one. This one might be surprising. Um, it's number nine, Notre Dame at Florida State. This is a Sunday game, Sunday night. Should be exciting. And low-key, this is this is kind of an exciting matchup, okay? And I want you to hear me out. Um, I, I like Notre Dame. Let me establish that. I love their fans. You know that. Um, I like their program as a whole. But in my opinion, Jack Cohn, their, their new quarterback from Wisconsin, I, I don't think he has that it factor that Notre Dame fans are used to. Okay, I witnessed this firsthand. He played Wisconsin. He's a smart kid. He generally makes good judgment calls, doesn't throw a lot of picks. He's got a decent arm, but he's not a playmaker. He's not a playmaker in the way that Ian Book was. And I was looking back on this, and I think, in my opinion, man, Ian Book really carried Notre Dame the last three or four seasons. So I think he's going to be hard to replace. And, you know, Florida State, listen, man, I I get that they had a bad year last year, but they still got top 20 recruiting classes. They still got tons of talent. It's going to be at Florida State at night. I'm not saying Florida State wins, but I think it'll be a little bit closer than people think. I think it'll be an exciting game. Uh, to be honest, I just see, I don't see it happening. Wow. I see Notre Dame. I, I don't know. I just don't think Florida State's going to have a very good year this year. I think they're going to have a lot of growing pains. I don't, I don't know. I'm just not expecting a whole lot from them. Hear me out. Mackenzie Milton. Starting quarterback. Mackenzie Milton. Oh, that is true. Uh, he was the UCF quarterback a, that... Uh, national championship had... winning quarterback oh, at UCF. I don't want to hear it. I'm no, not going to get I know, into it. I know. I'm not, Before uh, that tragic, truly tragic injury that... I'm just going to do some deep leg. breathing exercises and he not was, get too right up about that. He was a really good quarterback, you got to admit. And he has that... He was he, very good. More of a playmaker than Cohen, I'll say it, in, in their primes, you know? So at a minimum, I'm looking forward to seeing Mackenzie Milton back in the field. I think it's a really good field. Florida good story. State. I will point out that Florida State has a lot of Power Five transfers. I think I believe they have the most Power Five transfers coming in. Um, really? 
more than any other team. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know what that says about them. That shows that they had a lot of missing gaps on the team, mm-hmm. but it also shows in a weird way that they're filling them. True. So it's like a double edged sword. Yeah, we're we're gonna see how that plays out. I think it'll be interesting to look at for sure. Um so I'm gonna go on to another game. I'm going to Louisiana versus Texas. Wow. Uh, I'll be honest, I do think Texas take care, takes care of business okay. in this game. Um, I, I'm pretty high on Texas. I know it's kind of weird. It's Texas is one of those teams that everybody likes to hype up every year. Right. But I actually do believe with Steve Sarkeesian coming in that they will be better than people realize this year. Really? I don't know why. I just call it a hunch. They have good talent. Um, I think he's the type of coach that can get these they have a lot of weird pieces mm-hmm. so the thing with texas is the way they recruit is they just try to get go after the biggest name recruit that they possibly can with their name brand being texas right. without any rhyme or reason as to how they fit into the program but i think a coach like sarkisian can find the pieces and try to mold a scheme and game plan around these recruits mm-hmm. so they may have some interesting growing pains in the first game but i do think they take care of uh, business against a program like louisiana and interestingly enough, their preseason rankings are number 21 and number 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember, Louisiana was a team that beat Iowa State by, what, three oh, touchdowns last right. year? Yeah. They had a very good season last year, and their coach is a very hot name. I can't remember his name. <laughs> but he's hot. But, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking now. They, uh, lost, they lost one game last year. Uh, 30, they went 30 to 27 against Coastal Carolina. That's that's pretty decent loss for G5 school. They went 10 and 1 last year. They went 11 and 3 in 2019. Oh, gosh. And they went. Yeah, so they they they've been a very good program. So it could be interesting. Could be interesting. It could be. Yeah, I, I I'm vaguely looking forward to that one. Like I think Texas takes care of business, but I will admit, like if Louisiana finds a way, it's going to be so hilarious to see the meltdown. At the I end mean, of the day, a team like Louisiana takes the recruits that couldn't get couldn't go to Texas. Probably true. You yeah. just have to keep that in mind. You just have to keep that in mind, and that's no disrespect to their program. But... No, no, I mean like they're like the second best team in Louisiana. Right, and, and most SEC schools, like most SEC states, have more than one P five team, right? And so, like you know, yeah. like, I think like Alabama. Okay, the second best recruits are going to what Auburn, in Georgia they're maybe going to Georgia Tech, right? Actually, I'm going to counter that real quick. Uh, Alabama and Auburn actually don't really compete for the same recruits. I Fun fact: that's why Auburn has been able to find success. I just wanted to point that out. A lot of times, Auburn recruits in a sure. completely different area. They recruit out of Georgia a lot, which okay. Alabama doesn't really do as much. And they recruit the southern part of the state, kind of near Montgomery, which sure. Alabama doesn't do quite as much. Yeah, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, like, since you know, like, the state of Louisiana doesn't have another P5 team, like, I, I could see a lot of guys who like maybe aren't quite good enough to go to P5, like going to Louisiana and like being actually pretty good, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So absolutely, that should, that should be fun. Um, I believe that was your fifth game. I'm on to my fifth here, my last one. Yep. Um, this one, I, I guess I saved the best for last. Um, I got number five, Georgia versus number three, Clemson for the game I am most looking forward to. Uh, in my opinion, this is an early game of the year contender. This this might be the best week one matchup of the playoff era. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that. I mean, I, in my opinion, both of these teams are playoff teams. Man. Regardless oh, of who man. wins this, I, I genuinely believe that even if Georgia loses or Clemson loses, they, they still have a really good shot of making the playoffs, assuming they win out. So I, I'm really looking forward to this. We, we get a playoff game in week one. 
How often does that happen? It's never happened yet. So it doesn't usually happen. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I just, I see Clemson taking care of business. I don't see this game even, I don't want to say that it's not going to be close, but I think it's going to be one of those games that the score is closer than the game actually is. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, so I think Georgia still has a big question mark with JT Daniels at quarterback. We still don't know how they're going to shape out, shape up at receiver. I think Clemson's offensive line, quote unquote, worries are way overstated. They're ultimately returning three starters on the offensive line. I I just don't see Clemson having a lot of trouble. You know, I'll, this game, I'll say this: JT Daniels probably isn't a better quarterback than DJ. I'm not going to say his last name because I'm going to butcher it. JT Daniels, he's a better quarterback than DJ right now. He's probably better right now, but he won't be at the end of the season, if this makes any sense. Because DJ, listen, he played, what, like one or two games last season? He he hasn't been a starter for an entire year. He doesn't have that kind of experience that JT Daniels is going to have. And I, I think that's going to come into play in this game. I, I think it might, you know, some nerves, some, I don't know, some inexperience might show. Um, and I, for me, it's a coin flip on who actually wins this. I think it's going to be real close. I think it could go either way. I might give a slight edge to Georgia. I, I think if they played at the end of the season or in a bowl game or in the playoffs, Clemson would probably win just because DJ would have, you know, a full season's worth of experience. But I think the inexperience is going to be the biggest factor in this game. And I, I think Georgia finds a way. I think it's important to note that he did play a full game versus Notre Dame, although they lost. They lost, yeah, against a good they team. They lost, but ultimately that he, he got some experience in that game. And now I am so excited to give you my scalding take for the week. I saved this for the last <laughs> one. Right. I know I already right. gave five games, but LSU and UCLA, I legitimately think UCLA is going to win this game. Oh, my. Um, oh I my. think UCLA is much better than people are giving them credit for. If you remember last year, they didn't have the best record last year. This is Chip Kelly's fourth year. Mm-hmm. They went three and four last year, but all of their games were one-score games. Their games were all one-score losses. Uh, they almost beat USC, and they almost beat Oregon, who both went to the Pac-12 championship. True. Uh, they went to two overtimes versus Stanford, and they lost the opener, which was a November 7th opener versus Colorado it, by six points. It is what it is. But I think they showed a lot of they showed a lot of improvement mm-hmm. as a team. And I and if you remember, they played last week too versus who did they play last week? Hawaii. They played Hawaii, and they won 44 to 10, and they looked. They, I know. Again, they Hawaii good. is a. They looked good, and again, Hawaii is a group of five program. But they did what they were supposed to do. They took care of business. They looked prepared. They looked ready. So that's why I could very much see them beating LSU, and I fully predict that they will beat LSU. Wow. And I also think LSU is going to have a bit of a down year. Um, if you remember their quarterback, who was I don't know if he was projected to start, Miles Brennan, but he is out for the year. Oh, he is, and he. They also have some locker room issues going on with the investigations mm. and um, some off the field, off the field <laughs> things going on. So yep. I think that very much could play into it. And we don't know how much of uh, the hurricane could have also affected just oh, their yeah. their general mental psyche. I'm sure that affected their schedule for the week leading up to it, the practicing and all of that. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I had this as an honorable mention. I wanted to touch base on this uh, before we left. And here's here's kind of how I look at it, right? The things you mentioned, like the hurricane, the investigations, obviously, like on the surface, those are those are bad. Those are things that don't really go in their favor. But 
I think a team can kind of use that as motivation and, and use it as like a, you know, like a rallying cry. Like, hey, those allegations are past us. We're a different team. We're our own team. The Hurricane, listen, it can't stop us. If a Hurricane can't stop us, how can, you know, a football team? You can kind of spin that stuff and use it as, as positive motivation. And listen, listen, I agree UCLA looked good against Y, but... My, my bold prediction for this game, more than anything, is that I think this is going to look like a home game for LSU. Okay? Did you see the fans at UCLA's game against Hawaii? I did see that. I noticed they had maybe 10, 20% of the stadium filled up. It's, and it's I was gross. wondering, did they, yeah, I was wondering if they had like a limited capacity, but apparently they didn't. No. They just straight up didn't sell tickets. Lack of interest. And I, listen, I, I, I think that even though it's a home game for UCLA, that really won't be a factor. I, I don't know, man. I think LSU has a lot to prove. They had a pretty bad le- year last year, obviously, coming off of that, you know, huge national championship game. And listen, they still got all the talent. You know, they're still like a top 10 team in terms of recruiting and like team, you know, pick talent composites. I, I just, I think they have too much talent to lose this game. I, I don't know. I mean, UCLA, I agree they're improving and I think they'll have a good season. I just don't think this is the game that, that really, uh, you know, gets them over the hump. I think maybe next year they might win again like this, but I, I don't think they're quite there yet, Randy. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, It'll be and fun, now it would be fun. Now to now since we are recording this on Thursday, I don't know if we're going to have time to release this before the game actually starts. But try. I think it'd be interesting to touch on Ohio State, Minnesota. We absolutely need to talk about this. Yep, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen a lot of takes from people in CFB Maine. Where they think Minnesota could do something, this and that, but I mean, I I don't see it. No, no, I I think much like um how Alabama is gonna just like completely throttle Miami, I think the same thing happens with Ohio State. Um, Randy, we're getting to the point in college football where like the gap between the top three or four or five best programs and everyone else, it, it's just growing wider and wider and wider each and every season. And listen, Ohio State with Ryan Day, they've never lost a Big Ten game. They're coming off of a huge year where they fell just short in the national championship. I mean, they were they were clearly the second best team in the country. I can't imagine them having any problem taking down Minnesota in week one. I'm sorry. I, I think they win by... They, they, they could win by 60 if they wanted, but they probably win by like 49 or like 42, depending well, on, you know, fourth, third well, string guys. Here's the thing, Minnesota. They're, they're, Minnesota's going to be a, an above average Big Ten program. If you remember a couple years ago, they had a really good season. Meme year. But yeah, it's, it's just. No, it was two years ago. It was two years no, ago. No, it was a meme year, and that, that year was a fluke, dude. You got to trust me, man. I watched all right, them. All I right. watched them. You, you're, more, you're more aware of how Big Ten programs do their thing than I am, so I will give you the benefit of the doubt on that. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Do you, do it's it's oh you also you mentioned that Ryan Day has never lost a Big Ten game. He straight up has never lost a regular season game. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, I wanted to bring that up. So it's one of those things. They're just going to go in, take care of business, and it's one of those. It's too obvious of a trap game for it to actually right. be a trap in, game. In week one, like come on, they've had all off season to prepare for this. You know, I, they're going to be ready. I I mean, I'll say this. I hate Minnesota. I I would like to see a close game tonight. I'd like to see a good game because I miss watching good football. A lot of these games we've seen so far this season have been blowouts. They haven't been all that exciting for the most part. But I I just, I don't think they, I I don't think Minnesota can keep it close. I mean, Wisconsin can't keep it close against it. No one in the Big Ten is keeping it close against Ohio State this year. I'm sorry. 
Okay. Well, fair enough. That's just how it goes. Also, we have a birthday shout out um, for Alex, Alexandra, and CFB Maine. She wanted us to give her a birthday shout out. Happy and birthday. Um, she, happy birthday. She specifically requested that I say that Mississippi State is cringe and that Elaine Kiffin is based. And I could not agree more with those two statements. That is true. Who does Ole Miss play this week? I think Ole they, Miss plays. Oh, they play on Monday. They play on Monday against uh, Louisville. That's one of those weird Monday games. Yes, they play. Let me look that's, it up. That's vaguely intriguing. It's a neutral site game. Louisville. Louisville. I actually, I don't have them as one of my five games, but I do think this will be a very interesting matchup. Um, I think Lane Kiffin is really um, hitting his stride as a coach, and I think this will be a very good way, good way for him to show that Ole Miss is becoming a more legitimate program, and he's a very legitimate head coach. And Louisville, they're yeah, they're in a little. Yeah, that's Louisville. They're in a bit of. They went what four and seven last year during the COVID year. I don't want to put too much stock into that. They're just such a hot and cold team, you know. They're such a hot and cold team. Hard to predict. Yeah, that'll be exciting. I I will say I apologize to the Ole Miss fans out there, all three of you, um, when I insulted them earlier. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, I I I do like Lane Kiffin. Let me make that very clear. I like Lane Kiffin. I think he's one of the funniest coaches in college football. Um, (laughs) and I want them to succeed. I think Bama needs competition. So uh, let's go. Let's go, Rebels, for that game. It should be fun. Monday night, I'll be watching. All right. All right. Well, I think that uh, more or less does for this week. Randy, uh, thank you again for making some time coming out here today and uh, discussing games. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think we have a lot of good discussion. I'm very excited for this week to I'm have so a focused. real week when week zero was a little. Uh, was I don't a, want to call it, was it boring. Okay. It, it 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 made me itch for more. How about it that? It did. It did. And I think we're gonna scratch that itch uh, tonight, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, hell, even Monday. Oh, I got a smile on my face. I'm so excited, man. Labor Day weekend, long weekend. Love it. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to the Jim Podcast episode two. It's been fun. Thank you everybody. Thank you everybody. It's been fun. All right. Take care. God bless America. <laughs>